0: So I'd like to read some words today that will encourage us to understand what it means to know God and Jesus Christ. And I want to begin by mentioning four or five people I know who don't yet share our faith. And I want to describe some of the pressures on them for a couple of minutes and then move on. So I'm in contact with somebody who lives in the Philippines and she can't read her Bible. She finds it too difficult to read it because she can't believe that God could forgive her for the sins which she committed in her life. She knows enough about the Bible to know that what she's done in the past is not good. And because she can't forgive herself, she's not able to find the forgiveness of God. That's one of my friends. I know another person who's working in a foreign country a thousand miles from her parents. She works incredibly hard in difficult conditions in a factory where there are no work laws as there are in this country. And she stands for many hours every day doing repetitive work, which she's ashamed of. And it's backbreaking and she doesn't get much time off. And there are millions of people, of course, in China who are essentially slaves in the worst possible way imaginable. And she cries every day because she prays to God that she'll get through her shift. I know another person who lives in London who last year, her brother was murdered. And she would like to understand about the Bible because she sees in there perhaps some hope in a difficult situation. But it's a common thing where she comes from in South America. And it's hard to find anybody she can speak to who knows the truth in South America. And I also know two people who I know here in Brighton, one of whom I went to school with. And they're atheists, but they like the idea of all of the gods that and saints and idols in the world because they feel they can approach them because they think that any God who we would believe in as Christians is too remote. He's, he's not like us and they can't understand him. And so because of that, they prefer to interact with essentially myths and legends and science, which they can understand. So these are a few of the people that I know who are, of course, so utterly different in their outlook from us, aren't they? So we're sitting here in this room, essentially the most blessed people on the planet. We're spiritual royalty in waiting. We're priests and kings elect. We have the ear of the king of kings, and he supports us with all power and foreknowledge and righteousness and understanding and perfection. He is the head, and we are his body, in a unity of love, and where everything a family should be. And we read earlier, we got a sense of that family from Paul's letters to Timothy, didn't we? How we govern ourselves and how we get along with, how we should look up to and submit to each other, and how we should coexist peacefully with each other in love. In the first of Timothy 4, verse 7, Train yourself to be godly. Training the body has some value, but being godly has value in every way. It promises help for the life you are now living and the life to come. This is the truth you can trust and accept completely. So today I want to talk about one of the hallmarks of a godly person. And I want to talk about how that links us with God and how we can get to know God by being godly. This way in our lives. And that's the attribute of being grateful, of being thankful, of having gratitude for what we've been given. So would you say that you are a grateful person? Are you hand on heart, through and through, a passionately thankful person for what you've been given by God? In Colossians 2 we read, You received Christ Jesus as Lord, so keep on living your lives in him. Have your roots in him. Build yourselves up in him. Grow strong in what you believe, just as you were taught. Be more thankful than ever before. We should be more thankful today than we were yesterday, as we grow in depth in the truth. So do we acknowledge and thank God in our hearts, hour by hour, and minute by minute, Do we give thanks to God for everything through Jesus? For we know all things flow from him and all things work to the good for those that love God. And we know that we move, in him we move and have our being. It's a real question, isn't it? All those little pressures that creep in, too much worry and maybe some doubts. Does he really forgive me? Am I accepted? We're sometimes needlessly angry and we put distance between ourselves and God. We're competent. We want what we want, and we're always right. But as we read in Colossians, we received Christ. And we know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So faith is a gift of God. It comes from outside of us by hearing the Word of God. It's not from us, we didn't create it. People often say to me, I wish I had your faith, Matthew. And I tell them, You can. You just have to read the Bible, it's a free gift. And all of us here have received this gift of Christ that seals us in the book of life if we continue in his love. And more than that, God says, live your lives in him. Have your roots in him. Build yourselves up in him. We have a personal relationship with him. We walk with him. And we are created after his image, being transformed by the renewing and the recreating of our minds. We're being made new in Jesus. And this in itself should create enough gratitude to last us a lifetime. And I'm not just talking about our lives here, but to the ages. Be more thankful than ever before. Abound with thanksgiving, as the King James puts it. Overflow with gratitude, as the New English translation puts it. It's a gift. And we have to just decide to be grateful. We've already decided to receive Christ. And we've accepted that faith that dwells in us. We've made a public confession and been baptized. So now it's up to us to decide to be thankful and more and more each day. And we're not talking about families and our health and our friends here, we're talking about spiritually grateful. So let's look at some of these things we have to be grateful for that are totally beyond our control. We were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Have we ever thought about being grateful for that? We had nothing to do with it. It's totally beyond us. We can't even really understand what it means. We're also guided and enabled to do the Father's will by God's word that dwells in us richly. We're his instruments. He fashioned us for a purpose, We are unique members of the body, fit for that purpose. If we allow him to work with us, we will be fitly framed together. We are eternally secure and nobody can take us or separate us from that if we don't shrink back. And instead, if we do his will faithfully, our names are written already and won't be blotted out if we hold fast. We are not perfect. We sin, and God overlooks it. He puts it behind his back. It's his gift of love to us that we can never earn. It has nothing to do with us. It's God's wonderful name and his character shining and smiling on us. We enjoy an intimate relationship with Jesus and with God, which is more satisfying than any human bond. Everything we can be as humans, every feeling of being in love or family love, have their ultimate fulfillment in God's love. He is love. It passes our understanding that we can even talk to him and that he listens to us, that he works in our lives and supports us. He advises us and corrects us. And as often as we pray to him, which should be always, he listens and helps us. Can we understand this bond? It's like no other because everything else is physical. And we lose the connection with the people we love as soon as we're apart from them. They can only exist in our thoughts. But God is always there with us. The connection can never be broken. He is with us and he's manifested through us. Are you starting to get an idea and a sense of the enormity of the privilege which we have? He's given us peace. We know we face death and at any moment we could go. This is the ultimate test. Before we die, how do we feel in those moments? And we know, don't we? We all in this room have peace in our hearts. We are here for each other, just as Paul was. But we've already come to terms with death. We feel we should stay for each other, but we've come to terms with the idea of going. Because it holds no fear for us. Who can say that? God is loving and faithful and forgiving. Regardless of our mistakes, we can be considered and looked on with favor. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed of my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. If we remain in him and walk in him, we are in constant contact with that love. Experience the Lord's presence with us moment by moment, no matter where we are. We are continually in prayer, and he is always there in every moment of sadness or happiness. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We serve a good and faithful God who has promised to meet all of our needs. If we seek the kingdom first, we enjoy his protection, which is something else we can't understand. How many times has he helped us? How many times have we avoided an accident? Or how many times has he given us something in our life that's built our character and we are unaware of it? We can also rely on the promise of a bodily resurrection, that we will be mighty, immortal, finally pure-hearted, and single-minded. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We will know one day, even as we are known, every hair on our head. We shall know and be pleased to obey in harmony and perfection the perfect will of God. And of course, we have the Bible to teach and guide us and meet our spiritual needs. We meet God in a language that we can understand. We have the knowledge there that we need to be men and women of God and to escape from the futility of living in the world without him. How can we thank God enough for this? This book which people reject and disparage and cherry pick from and ignore, but never read with humility. This book of beauty and tremendous power to change our lives. How can we be thankful enough for that? So let's now paint a picture of what this grateful person is. Let's see this person mentally and see if we can identify one or two areas where we might decide to change, to be that person, to be more like that person. A person with a grateful spirit is somebody with a real relationship with God. They have a positive attitude. Their thankfulness keeps them focused on what the Lord is doing in their lives. They live prayerfully and wholeheartedly with all their might, And if what they're doing fails, it wasn't meant to be. And they move on in faith, learning the lessons. They have no fear. That person is aware of God's presence in their life. Because when we're assured that the Lord is actively involved in our lives and helping through every difficulty, we can see his presence. They are humble. They recognize the Lord as the source of every good thing and admit they had nothing to do with it. They simply decided to agree to it. Even the creative act of renewing our mind, the power and the force of that comes from outside of us. We just have to allow ourselves to be worked on. It's all marvellous, isn't it? Sometimes too wonderful, and we just have to take it to heart because we can't really understand it yet, like Mary did. That person is peaceful, Because when we place our trust in Christ and we watch for his activity in our lives, we have peace. We have nothing to fear when the living God is behind you. You can't help but have an enduring sense of peacefulness and your words are few as you pray. We're thoughtful of others. Gratitude makes us sensitive to the needs of those around us and it makes us eager to help them because if our cup is overflowing. What is holding us back from helping others? This is kindness, isn't it? That person will also be generous. When we recognise all God has done for us, we look for ways to pass blessings to others. This is the goodness of God transmitted to others through ourselves. We are unselfish. If we're thankful... We're willing to joyfully share whatever we have. We are expressive and passionate. Seeing what God is doing in our lives motivates us to tell others and engage with them, to talk with them about what he's doing. We're friendly. Thankful people are pleasant and kind to others. They're not grumpy. This is wrong and that's wrong and he did this and she said that and so on and we all know people like that. But we will be full of gentleness. We will be good listeners, approachable. And our faith will be contagious. A grateful attitude displays the character of Jesus in our lives, and that's appealing to everyone around us. Humans are made with a spiritual component, whether they deny it or not, and it's attractive to everyone. Have you ever met someone that when you see them, you just want to smile? You don't even have to see them. You just have to think of that person, and it makes you smile. Those people have something that's contagious about them. If you saw them in the street, you would want to go and see them. That's what we should be like. And we should also be motivated, enthusiastic. Thankfulness prompts us to give and share, connect and serve We are self-controlled in our expression of that motivation. We're self-controlled in the way that we serve God, according to his will and not ours. We are servant-hearted. We want to serve Christ and each other. We want to love others. That person who is thankful is also faithful, because after watching God's repeated work in our lives, we develop a trust in the future, that God will be there for us, that he will be faithful, and that influences our thinking. And we become fruitful. Instead of focusing on ourselves, we desire to be used by our Heavenly Father to achieve his will. And of course, we're joyful. Gratitude produces deep, abiding joyfulness because we know that God's working with us, especially in our difficulties. For we know it won't be without persecution and difficulties that we enter the kingdom. And this is also forbearance. So in that list of attributes I talked about, we've actually gone through every one of the fruits of the Spirit. Forbearance, joyfulness, long-suffering and peace, love, kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The result of a grateful heart, the decision to be ever thankful and focus on what we've been given. This powers our life as a true believer and makes us fruitful. If we live in the present moment and not in the guilt and regret of the past, because we know that God is forgiving. And if we don't fear the future, because God is faithful and good, we are at peace, we are confident, we are passionate. We're accepting of others non-judgmentally. We have no axe to grind. We are witnesses full of grace, grace, and we show the fruits of the Spirit. And it's this that helps us know God. We manifest him, and this is what it means to know God intimately. As the seconds tick by, God is no longer a remote, unknowable entity. He fills our lives. And our cup spills over. He isn't impersonal anymore. He is everything that we are. He's not hard to understand. He is the enthusiasm that motivates every moment. We're in love with that living God. And it shows in our character and everything we are. All of what we can be and what is offered to us is made possible by Jesus. And we, I am sure, are so grateful for what he's done beyond our ability to express it. I'd like to close with these words, of Ephesians chapter one. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he cho- chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ.